Hi, I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation, and today I'm with Dr. Shannon Carey, an Executive Vice President and Senior Research Associate at NPC Research, which is based in Portland, Oregon. Today we're talking about a study, uh, the proper name of the study is Testing the Cost Savings of the Judicial Diversion Program, and if I understand correctly, what this study is looking at is the impact that the passing of the Rockefeller Drug Law reforms in April 2009 had on judicial diversion. In other words, drug-addicted offenders who were going through court, how many were now being diverted to alternatives to incarceration. Um, So I thought maybe we could begin with the parts of the study which really looked at the impact on treatment and on sentencing outcomes. Sure. So the first question that we looked at was, as you said, the impact on treatment enrollment. And what we found was quite a bit of an impact. There was a 77% increase in enrollment into treatment programs. So people are being diverted into treatment instead of being incarcerated. The actual numbers went from 1,801 participants in the one year before to 3,192 people in the one year after October 7th when it was implemented. So that was, again, a 77% increase in enrollment and treatment. And that's statewide, all of New York State? That's all of state, the state, right. So 77% increase. So it really, by giving the judges discretion, which is essentially what the law did, it freed them up from a mandatory jail sentence many of them took advantage of that, clearly. Right. And it it did vary by geographic location. So some places increased up to 500%. In other places, there wasn't much difference. The other issue was? The, The second question was, what kind of sentences did people receive for the same charges? So Article 216 is the name of the actual legislation. And people who were eligible for Article 216, we wanted to see what their sentences were before and after it was actually implemented. Before the implementation, 100% of the people who had an Article 216 eligible charge were convicted. Afterwards, it was about 81% of the people. So 19 or almost 20% of the people after Article 216 had their cases dismissed. So if they successfully completed the program, they never had a conviction. As far as sentencing outcomes, we found that people were sentenced to less time in jail and less time on probation, about the same time in prison. And then community supervision was also lower after implementation. Well, let's move on to the cost-benefit part of the study. What costs were you looking at and what benefits were you actually measuring? The first question we looked at is, what was the cost of judicial diversion case in itself before the new law was implemented and after? What we found was that the cost of judicial diversion, including the program with treatment, was about $18,500. The cost of the case that was eligible for judicial diversion, but before judicial diversion, the the actual cost of processing that case was about $13,000. So it was fairly expensive per offender to process them anyway. Uh, The difference in cost was about $5,000, a little bit more than $5,000 per offender. So judicial diversion does cost more, and the majority of that additional cost is due to treatment. I see. And so the other other $13,000 before the law was passed involved all the sort of non-treatment aspects that take place in a case before someone's going to to jail, before right. before the sentence, the actual sentence is implemented. Right. So then the next question we asked was about the sentence for that judicial diversion eligible case, so what we're calling the instant case. So what kind of sentence did people get before 
and what kind of sentence did they get after. So earlier we talked about the, the finding we had about their sentencing practices is that people after judicial diversion spent less time in jail and less time on probation, about the same amount of time in prison. So that translates into cost. If they spent less time in jail and less time on probation, they're going to cost less. With prison being basically a wash, there wasn't a big difference between them. There was a total savings due to judicial diversion of about $5,500 per offender. So that, in that case, you're simply comparing the amount of time spent in jail, prison, or probation for both these groups. Correct. And so this is where you saw some savings, where there, because there was less time spent in prison and on probation for those involved in judicial diversion after the implementation of the law. Right. So those people who were spending less time in jail were spending a lot more time in treatment. So that treatment cost we talked about earlier of $5,000 is kind of made up for by them not spending that time in jail. And so what else did you look at? So the other thing that we wanted to look at was the impact of being in judicial diversion on their future criminal behavior. So did they get rearrested less often because they went through treatment or not? Because Article 216 wasn't implemented until 2010, October of 2010. We didn't have enough time to look to see if people who were literally sent through the new judicial diversion had lower recidivism outcomes. When we were doing the study, it was 2012. Most of the people were still in the program. So what we did was we took another study that CCI is just in the midst of completing, and they looked at people who went through drug court and people who didn't, and they selected out the people who had Article 216 crimes. And then they compared the comparison group to the people who went through drug court for a three-year period, looked at their recidivism outcomes, and then we put cost to those recidivism outcomes. And what we found was over three years, the cost of someone who went through judicial diversion was just under $20,000. So $19,000, the cost of their time in jail, their time in prison, their new court cases, their new rearrests, all together over three years came to just under $20,000, $19,589 specifically. While the cost in the comparison group, people who were eligible for judicial diversion but didn't go, was 25787 so almost $26,000, which results in a savings of a, just over $6,000 per offender. We then extrapolated over a five-year period. It comes to about 11000 per participant, a benefit of 11000 per participant. And then if you include victimization costs, which anybody who had a, committed a person crime or a property crime, there's a victim involved. And so when we include the victimization costs as well, it comes to about just over $18,000 saved per offender over that time period. And what is, what is actually that associated with the victimization cost? That's actually the price of the, the value of the stolen goods? Or? It's the whole combination of when there's a victim involved, there's often you know like injuries and the property and the damage and fixing the damage. It's all those things combined. But it doesn't include things like pain and suffering. It just includes the tangible injury. Like right. if someone was injured, it's the medical costs. Right, or exactly. Their, is it also their lost wages? Yes, um, and we pulled those from a national study of victimization, so those aren't ones that we calculated specifically for New York. And when you look at benefits, do you also calculate things like someone is now reemployed and, and therefore contributing taxes to the economy and, and that sort of thing? We do include that when we can, but for this study we were looking specifically at, at taxpayer savings due to criminal justice costs, so they didn't include the employment. 
So overall, what was your finding? There's clearly the money that goes into any case involving judicial diversion, but then there's also money saved. So when you compare those two, what's the, what's the overall conclusion? So, well, what we found was that it, as far as investment cost goes, there's kind of a net investment of just over $5,000 per offender. And then if you look at the people afterwards, their recidivism, we found that there's a net savings of about $10,000, a little over 10000 per offender. So basically the net benefit is a little over $5,000, which is a cost-benefit ratio of one to two. So for every dollar you spend investing in the program, you get $2 back. That sounds like a substantial or meaningful, at least, return on an investment. It is pretty good. Well, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to explain your work on this study, which is you know, an impressive piece of work. And people can download it from our website and from uh, the NPC Research website, which is, Shannon, if you don't mind telling me. It's uh, www.npcresearch.com. Great. Well, I've been speaking with Dr. Shannon Carey, who's an executive vice president and senior research associate at NPC Research based in Portland, Oregon. Uh, And we've been talking about the recent study that she was involved with, along with the team here at the Center for Court Innovation, that looked at the cost savings of the judicial diversion program here in New York after the passing of the Rockefeller drug law reforms. I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. You can download this and other podcasts at our website, www.courtinnovation.org, and also on iTunes. Thanks for listening.